Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, happy 4th of July. Happy belated 4th of July, Adam. Well, that this is where it's officially celebrated, so people can get a day off of work. This is when the official recognition of said holiday is. Unfortunately for you and I, we are still recording podcasts on the day where 4th of July is being recognized. Yeah, well, I had my, my uh, barbecue yesterday. So do we get double double pay? I wish. We get double pay. I think I, I think you would be the person to talk to about that. I would be. I, I, yeah. I would be. The, I would be the person to to uh, make that informal decision. So, Bird, do we get double pay? Quadruple pay. How was your uh, How was your weekend, though, Adam? It was good. It was good. I got to watch um, that bastard Trey Young get knocked out of the playoffs. Hallelujah. You know. Um, and then have the uh, 4th of July barbecue with uh, some family friends. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Yep. Listen, I like Trey Young as a person. You know, he's a nice guy, I assume. But I just don't like how he plays. I just don't like how he, like, his flopping play style. Like, he doesn't even need to do that. That's the worst part. Not a fan. He doesn't even need to do it. He's so good. He doesn't need to, like fake out the referees to try and get bullshit foul calls. They're superstar calls. He get he gets those superstar calls. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Was never a fan before. After not a fan. He could play, he could ball, but personally not my not my cup of tea. Let's go Suns. Really? I I want the Bucks to win. Oh, absolutely not. Let's go Suns. Chris Paul? I'd rather Chris Paul get his ring than Giannis. Yeah, but Chris Middleton Okay, Chris Paul. Uh, whatever. I mean, I could go for either, frankly. But I, I think I'd rather have the Bucks win. Chris Paul, in his first finals in his entire career, he would cement his Hall of Fame career. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. But he would absolutely no doubt put the icing on the cake if he's able to win a championship. Listen, it's not like I don't want the Suns to win. You're a you're a neutral. I think no, yeah. Well, I am a neutral because I I don't have like too much of a rooting interest in either team. I have a rooting interest in Chris Paul. I do happen to really like Chris Paul. I mean, I like the Bucks. I like Chris Middleton. You know, Yan and uh, Bobby and also Portis. Bobby Portis, of course, and Giannis <laughs> and Thanasis. You know, I saw a stat, or I was told a stat. I think it was yesterday. That out of the two teams in the finals, there are seven combined NBA finals appearances by both teams. And by those both. seven have been by one player. Can you name the player? Oh, shit. So one player from the Suns and the Bucks has been to the finals seven times, which is more than anybody else. He's the only player that's played in the finals. And he's been there seven times. Can you name the player? Can I name? The, this is going to be hard. I'll give you a hint. Is it he's on the Suns? Okay. Is it Jay Crowder? It is Jay Crowder. Wow. It is Jay Crowder. That I was thinking. I was like racking my brain. Like a lot of these. Like a lot of the big names. You know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Never been to the finals. Nope. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Good Jay for him. Crowder's the guy. Seven times. Seven oh, well, times. Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland, Boston, and Miami. 
Yeah, he was at the final. Yeah, he went to the finals last year. Yeah, he was in the finals last year. Yep. And now he's in the finals again. Um, day seven of the Ed Birdsall Football Kid Extravaganza. Glad to be here. Absolute pleasure that we've made it to day seven. And how I haven't forgotten to do this yet, I have no idea. But I, I've, I've remembered. This is, this is a plus. Um, and today, we are going with the – in honor of England going to – the semifinals, they're going to take on Denmark. It'll be very hard to root against Denmark, I have to say, but I hope I hope my boys just stop on them. Um, but in honor of that, we are going with um, former Arsenal great midfielder, uh, ex-England international, Rocky, David Rocastle. We're going with the uh, with the bruised banana. Nice. I thought you'd be wearing a uh, Patrick Vieira jersey in celebration of his appointment as Crystal Palace manager. I mean, you, you, you'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. I, I really wish my captain the best of luck on his, uh, on his internship as Crystal Palace manager. Internship? His, his professional tryout to be a manager in the Premier League before Mikel Arteta gets fired and Arsenal sign up Patrick Vieira. Well, knowing Crystal Palace, what Crystal Palace did to Frank DeBoer, he probably won't be in that, uh, in that position for too long. Or he takes Crystal Palace to be a top 10 side. And Arsenal falter uh, under Arteta, which I hope they do because fuck him. And Edu and Arteta get fired. And then they bring in Vieira. Vieira. Whoa. Vieira. Whoa. He comes from Senegal. He plays for Arsenal. Vieira. Whoa. And Man City that one time. And Man City that one time, but we don't talk about that. I do. And, And Inter Milan. We don't talk about that either. You want to fuck it? Did he win the treble with Inter Milan? Was he on that team? I don't think he was. No. No, he wasn't. He was on. Well, he came back. He came back to uh, Highbury when it was the Champions League. I think it was the semis. Oh, then it was way or the quarters. I I I forget, but it was the it was um it was oh six when he came back to Highbury. Went with Inter Milan. That was the year that Arsenal went to the Champions League final and were uh, going up against uh, UA Falona. And Jens Lehmann got sent off for absolute nonsense, per usual. It's what happens when Arsenal play Barcelona. They're just they're, they're just things that happen that are complete and utter nonsense. Jens Lehmann getting sent off in Paris and Van Persie getting sent off at the New Camp. Same thing. God, that was ridiculous. That was so ridiculous. I hate Van Persie, but that was absolute nonsense. Yeah, no, definitely. Anyway, Bird, um, I mean, is there any news you want to talk about? Uh, there wasn't really much that I saw. Uh, the only real thing that I saw is that the uh, running backs coach for the Cowboys said that Zeke looks great. But again, coach speak. Coach speak, ignore it. Yeah, I mean, one, I think, is that uh, Josh Gordon – filed for reinstatement yeah i did see that yeah that that could be something i mean okay yeah it's kind of like you know just getting back on the hamster wheel i mean obviously wish him the best but there's only there's only so many times you can keep you know going back down this this rabbit hole and you know what i mean what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing twice the same exact way and expecting a different result. Yep. I mean, 
thinking the uh, the words of uh, a, a a poet who is on a um, a, a critically acclaimed television show on a major network stay off the weed duh sure he's a critically acclaimed poet critically acclaimed poet yes someone even say a Pulitzer Prize winner I think he has won a Pulitzer Prize has he probably I don't know do I they... mean I wouldn't be surprised he, he, he has said some some quotes well do they I mean, he's a he's a journalist after all. He has one. He he has said some quotes. He I I tell you, if anybody does not know who I'm talking about, then they are uncultured. But I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly who I'm talking about. No, I don't think he has. Has he's not one of Pulitzer. He is not. I was gonna say. It doesn't say. That we, we need to change that right now. Stephen A. Pulitzer Prize winner. That man has said some quotes. Kwame <laughs> Brown. No disrespect. He can't play. I mean, he you made a cameo. At your boy. You made a cameo appearance on General Hospital. Yes. As a reporter. Yes. He still he, he does cameo appearances at General Hospital all the time. Yeah. Great program. It's a, it's a, a fabulous show. That's so weird. Can you imagine you just watch General Hospital? You need some daytime television in your life, Adam. You're missing out. I don't think I am, actually. You are. You are missing out. General Hospital is fabulous. Sure. I'll take your word for it. You you need to watch it. I'm telling take, you. I'll take your word for it. Adam, you need to watch it. It is truly, it's it's riveting. It's been on the air for 58 seasons. 58 seasons? 58 seasons, yes. But that, does that still translate to 58 years? I believe so. I believe it does. 58 years. I believe See, that's too long. Yeah, I think there's been, I think there's been... It's like a double Simpsons. I think there have been over like 15,000 episodes. Over 15,000 episodes. I, I, I think that's like a legit number. It's a conservative estimate. I think so. I think there have been about 15,000 episodes of the life of the uh, the Quartermain family. If, the, if there is a show that has 15,000 episodes, getting in, getting in on it now doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because then you you need. I mean, I hopped on the bandwagon. I mean, I was, yeah. just, because, I was just because my grandmother loved um, loved General Hospital. I mean, my mom loves General Hospital too. Well, your mother has great taste. But I I wouldn't get into it. It's not my thing. See, what I would do is I would be like Generelli, and I would just overanalyze the fuck out of how it is, hmm. of how it's shot. So, so what would you consider your thing? If you, if, if you had to sit down, before we get into uh, the tight ends, if you had to sit down and watch a television program, one of your choice, your choice, mm-hmm. any television program, I'm talking that is on mainstream television that anybody can go and turn on to a specific oh, channel and not watch. Not cable? Yes, on cable. On cable. I mean, not like HBO. HBO counts. I'll, I'll include HBO. Okay. If, if you or Showtime, that counts as well. 
if you're going to sit down and recommend a show to somebody that they can easily find on cable HBO Showtime on their television remote, what would it be? Well, I would recommend The Sopranos. I mean, that's a fantastic choice. Yeah. That's a fantastic choice. I wouldn't recommend General Hospital to anybody. I would recommend The Bachelorette, which, by the way, is is on tonight, which I am very, very excited for. The Return of Blake. It's Blake-a-palooza. Well, you know, I started watching The Sopranos again because I saw the trailer for The Saints of Newark. Oh, it looks phenomenal. It does look really good. It looks phenomenal. I can't wait for it to be awful. <laughs> Truly. I, I, I can't wait for it to be just absolutely awful. God, I thought I was cynical. No, no, Adam, you don't understand. You need to set the bar low. You set the bar low. Very, it's very, very difficult to be underwhelmed. That's true. But so still. if it if it is good, you could say, wow, this is really good. It blew away my expectations. Versus if you are like Adam over here, Mr. Positivity, Mr. Power of Positivity, and you say, wow, that looks like a really great film. And it turns out that everything you just saw was the best part of the film and the rest of the film sucks. Then you're going to say, shit, I just wasted two hours of my life watching a film that I thought was great and turned out to be fucking terrible. Well, listen, if you listen to my other podcast, The Game Box, wherever you, you great podcast, check it out that I do with my uh, with my friend Nick Kumis. I can be pretty cynical when I want to be. I'm the cynical one on that show. Let me tell you, because with gaming, it, it pays to be cynical with everything. I'm cynical, period. Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, no, I wouldn't say cynical. Cynical is 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 a bit much. I would say I'm real. I'm realistic. Well, sometimes with how with how the world is right now, it's hard to separate being cynical and being realistic. Fair point. That's a very fair point. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so let's how talk- did we how did we get here? I don't. We were talking about John. We were talking about Steven. You were talking oh, about we Steven. Talking, you, you brought up Josh Gordon. You brought up Josh Gordon. And then I said, I, then I said, stay off the weed. And then we talked about General Hospital. And now here we are. And now here we are. Got it. Got this it. always happens to us. Got it. Got it. Got it. Every time. Got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. How do we get? How are we talking about the Godfather? Hot Tub Time Machine? Sure, fine, got it. It's it, it's uh, truly it, it's riveting conversation. It's our specialty. Riveting conversation. Stephen A. Smith's catchphrase or Stephen A. Smith's uh thing is he has catchphrases, and he yells. You know, um, sound like he, anybody else you know? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not literally everybody I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> In, in this field that we're in? In this field that we're in? No. Maybe a little. Maybe I can narrow, I can narrow it down to a couple people. A couple hundred people? A couple hundred people. Um, you know, some of the other people I listen to, like their thing is like they have, they're analytically driven and have stats and everything. But our thing, our thing is the tangent. That's our thing. Yeah. The completely yeah. out off topic tangent. Mm-hmm. We should copyright it and make a fuck ton of money. Yep. I agree. I agree. Who, who, what other podcasts are you going to find where we talk about hot tub time machine, 
uh, The Godfather, but then very easily can transition to talking about General Hospital and The Sopranos. And then also right after that, talk about where you should draft Travis Kelsey. Yes, literally, you're talking one end of the spectrum, the middle of the spectrum, and the complete other end of the spectrum. Like, what other podcasts will you be able to find where we can transition from talking about General Hospital to The Sopranos? And now transition to talking about tight ends. You can't find any. Adam, when we were talking about Hot Tub Time Machine and The Godfather, Mm -hmm. we had to have mentioned Travis Kelsey. Somewhere in there. I don't think we did. We were talking about the Broncos. Because. Yeah, I can't tie it in then. Shit. All right, never mind. I don't know who they were playing that week because it was, you know. I'll have to find that episode and go back and listen to it. I think, what was it, week 16? It had to have been, yeah. Denver was playing the Washington football team. So, unfortunately, you can't. Uh... Oh, the, the Washington R-words. Yes. They weren't the football team yet. No, they were not. They were, they were still the R-words. Okay. The Redskins. The R words, Adam. Ugh. Oh, oh. Ugh. I get thrown off the air. Ugh. All, all of my work, all Ugh. of my work. It felt gross to say. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the racially insensitive thing you just heard from this rogue podcast host. He will be dealt with to the side. I can actually take it out back. Also, I I can also kind of tie it in because Denver played Kansas City the next week. Oh, in, in week 17. Uh, Dallas beat Philadelphia six to nothing. Oh my God. I remember that game. That game was a shit show. Yeah. That game was a fucking shit show. Oh my heavens, me. Uh, the Jets had Bryce Petty starting against New England in Foxborough. <laughs> God. And he was a leading passer. What a time. Will did Brady play? Probably not. It was week 17. Oh, yeah, he didn't play. Not a, not a fucking chance. The Jets or if scored, he did, he played for a quarter. He's still the threw, Patriots. He still threw 190 yards and two touchdowns. The, the fucking monster. <laughs> monster. <laughs> oh, Maron. Yeah. The fucking monster. Oh God! All right, all right. Well, what that was that. Nate Thank Sterling. You. Thank That's you for the page. Oh, it's Neil Sterling. Just looking at this stat line makes me feel so much pain. Of course, it's week set week seventeen. You want to see what great team scrubs were just wiping the turf with your best players? Oh my God! Bright. So it was Bryce Petty, Bilal Powell, who rushed for forty-six yards. Wow! Wow! And then it was Neil Sterling, who was our leading receiver. And it was Jermaine Curse. Remember he was on remember he was on the Jets. Uh, failed Mike McCagnan draft pick, Ardarius Stewart. Oh my God. Elijah Alabama himself. Elijah McGuire was also here. Oh, Elijah McGuire. Eli McGuire. Oh my God. Uh caught had 16 receiving yards and negative six rushing yards on four carries. Eli McGuire. Eli McGuire, negative six rushing yards. Heavens me. 
on four carries. And also Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders legend, Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen. What a guy. Oh, no, he's a Texas, Houston Texans legend, Chad Hansen. Sorry. Oh, yes, Texans. Yes. How could we forget? How could we forget? I don't, but you know what? I don't hear Logan Paulson. I think he was, I think he was on the Falcons at that point. I think he was still with us. I think he, I think he was still blessing us with his presence. We, we, we need to find a new Logan Paulson, just some random ass guy that we can, uh, we can fixate on to be the, uh, to be the poster child of this wonderful program. You know who was on the Patriots? The, this Patriots team made it to the Super Bowl somehow. They had Brady, obviously, Deion Lewis, and Brandon Bolden were the wow. running backs. Yowie, wowie. Well, they had Brandon Cooks, who was good, but they had it was Danny Amendola, Philip Dorsett, Kenny Britt. Somehow was still on this team. Was on this team, still in the league. Wow. James wow. James Devlin. Dwayne Allen, Jacob Hollister. His teammate to the fucking Super Bowl. Adam, I'm currently doing some uh, some research. I am trying and hoping and praying that I can find somewhere in Logan Paulson's game log that he had an immaculate stat line. <gasps> no! No, 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 no. What? Adam. Yes. Logan Paulson had an immaculate stat line. Against the Cowboys? Against the San Francisco 49ers. One catch, one yard, one touchdown. The man is a king. He is the hero we need, the hero we do not deserve. Logan Paulson. Wow. I, I mean, Adam. Adam, there is a reason why we love this man. It's because he's immaculate. He is immaculate in every which way. I mean, like, my goodness. My goodness, man. Yeah, like Chad Green. Like Chad Green. He's a, a, a... The man had an immaculate fucking stat line. <gasps> Adam. We have some very, very important news to break on this program. Logan Paulson had two immaculate stat lines. Two. Two, Adam. Okay. You are not showing the same enthusiasm here. This is very important. Two? He had two. Two. Two in his career. He did not just have one. He had two. Two a dose. Well, I guess that makes sense. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one catch, one yard, one target. What? That's a quadruple immaculate stat line. He did it on one target. He caught his only target for one yard and scored one touchdown. What, what, what do we call? What do we even call that? I don't know. That's the quadruple immaculate stat line. I've never seen something so beautiful. What year was it? 2010. 2010. 2010. Week 
13, December 12th of 2010, in a 16 to 17 loss for the Washington R words against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Logan Paulson, one catch on one target for one yard and one touchdown. The see, man that, is a god. See, that's not an that's not a triple, that's not a whatever quadruple immaculate stat line. Why? Because a, a quadruple immaculate stat line would be four catches on four targets for four touchdowns. Okay. If we're going by, listen, if we're going by what we did for Mike Evans when he had the double immaculate stat line. Okay. I apologize for the sass. You are 100% right. I, I, I do greatly apologize. You are 100% correct. Yeah. You are 100% correct. So that is just a immaculate, immaculate stat line. A super immaculate stat line. A super immaculate stat line. Yes. Yep. That's it. His only target was caught for one yard and a touchdown. That's the super immaculate stat line. Maybe that should be the new immaculate stat line. No, the immaculate stat line is one catch, one yard, one touchdown. If he has two targets, then you, you know, know it's, still, it's still an immaculate stat line. Here's what it should be. So one catch, one yard, one touchdown should be an immaculate stat line. But one target, one catch, one touchdown. That's a super yard. immaculate stat line. No, it should be a perfect stat line. Hmm. The super perfect immaculate stat line. No, no, no. Just a, just a perfect stat line. That should be – that's it. I personally like immaculate stat line myself. Yeah. Well, the need, perfect stat line, though, I, I, I can I can adopt it. It needs – you know, you need to have some distinction between the two. You know what we need? You know what we need? And we'll have to, we'll have to develop this. And we have to get into tight ends. So this, this is just go- James. This is going on a tangent. We need a buzzer or a drop or something for when there is an immaculate stat line. And we just lead off every review, every review show that we do with the freaking alarm for there when there is an immaculate stat line. Well, you know what, Mr. Birdsaw? Guess what Forget- this show is. Forget the 1975 when there, when there is a, um, when there's an immaculate stat line, a perfect stat line, whatever the fuck it is, there's going to be something that leads off this show. Bam. You're going to see it. Do you know what this show is? Mr. Birdsall? Oh, what is this show? Adam pre-recorded. Oh, I forgot. I I forgot. The best part about this show being pre-recorded is that we could just put in drops. We could just put in whatever the fuck we want. It's true. We can. So that that is doable. I will have to. I will have to get on that. I'll have to come up with. I'll have to come up with some creations. I could. I could figure something out. I could throw some stuff into audition and figure something out. That you are a gentleman. If you can come up with with something, some bit that is as obnoxious as humanly possible to let the world know that we that we have peaked Maybe as human beings. Perfect. As obnoxious as possible. I'm king at that. I'm king at that. I'll, I'll see what I could find, or at the very least, I create it myself. The king of subtlety, Mr. Birdsall. That's me. People have told me my humbleness is one of my great qualities. I love I'm that sorry. sentence. I love that sentence. I want to. I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Adam, you have something to say? <laughs> no, I just think it's really funny. The, the statement that you said. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because it's ironic. 
Some would say it is. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that will be good to get on a sign because it's, I'm not going to explain the joke because then it won't be funny. So let's move on to tight ends. Surely. So uh, Bird has his top 10. And since tight ends, there isn't too much fluctuation with tight ends. It's not as hard as receiver. Uh, as far as putting together a top 10, we're just going to look at Bird's top 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, it's not. It wasn't super tough for me to come up with uh, top 10. But there is one. Uh, that I think people are going to have a, a little bit of questions on. So when, when we get there, we get there. When we get there, we get there. Okay. So first one, obvious, Travis Kelsey. Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey, it's, it's very simple. There is nobody like him in fantasy football in terms of the tight end position. This guy is a complete game changer at the tight end position. I mean, there's nobody else that you know is going to get you close to 115, 120 receptions like Travis Kelsey will. They'll get you over 1,300 or so yards receiving, and then we'll get you double-digit touchdowns like he does. Um, I, I do expect Kelsey will still be in the avenue in the range of 110, 115 receptions again, all coming off of the 105 that he had last year on 145 targets. So he's going to be targeted a whole hell of a lot. He's going to get the ball as much as he possibly can. And, you know, 11 touchdowns last year. I expect that to be somewhere in the neighborhood of where he lies this season. And, you know, 1,400 yards like he had last year, it's very doable. I have him projected for about 1,350 yards. So 1,400 is definitely within one of the ranges of outcomes for uh, for Kelsey. And I think the only real question that people have with Kelsey is where do you draft him? Where is the acceptable place that you draft Travis Kelsey? And the answer really is, if you want to draft him in the late first round in 12, 14 team leagues, you do it. If you want to take him in the mid second round, fine. If you think you can get him in the third round, you try and, and you try and swing that, but you take Travis Kelsey. He's a game changer. But as I've discussed before, and when we did the live draft show last year, and actually I think this is a good uh, reference point is if you can go, go back and listen to that, episode and this was in the second round i believe or it was the third round i don't know and the little blurb that i say about you know taking kelsey and i felt when i took him i felt just i was behind in the draft i i felt like i was a step behind everybody else i was just playing catch up for the rest of the draft that's how i felt at the time of, dra- of drafting kelsey now that team was a disaster that that team, you know, was awful with Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay. So really I was just in, in a complete rut right from the start. But, you know, if you draft Kelsey, you have to have a pretty superb draft, but there's no doubt he, he is a game changer. And, you know, if your team is struggling with Kelsey, you could still deal him for an unbelievable haul in return. And you could still get something worthwhile in terms of tight end, just off of, waiver wire so he gives you that immediate value as, lo- as well as a long-term value as well if you need a superb trade ship that's what kelsey brings to the table but yeah he's number one tight end far and away you should also listen to our mock draft that we did a couple months ago yeah where we took travis kelsey ninth overall I, that might be even better because that one really is centered around kelsey and we kind of put our put it Put Travis Kelsey to the test. You know, put the draft strategy of taking Travis Kelsey early to the test. Maybe a more extreme example than you might see on draft day. 
but I still think that if you're considering taking Travis Kelsey early, you need to listen to that mock draft or even just do a bunch of mock drafts yourself where you're taking Travis Kelsey early, or at least where you're thinking about taking him and seeing how you can build a team off of that. Adam, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I'll, I'll, I'll plug them right now. Cause they have, they have really uh, good stuff. Go on fantasy pros, go on fantasy pros, go to the draft with a tool and you could do all the mock drafts that you want right there. And you could, and it takes a, a mock takes you about five minutes. Go on. You take Kelsey in the first round and you see what you get from there. You don't like it. You revert the pick and you do what you want to do. Very, very, very simple. Right. And like you said, just to reiterate, I mean, having a good plan. I mean, listen, you are, you always have to have a good plan when you're drafting in fantasy football, but this is true. If you're doing something out of the box, like taking Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, uh, somebody who's a non-traditional player in an early spot, then you need to have even more of a plan. You need to really do your homework. You can't just wing it because then that's where shit gets fucky. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Because then, like you said, you you felt behind during the draft. And that's understandable because you're doing something that nobody else is doing. And you're like, well, now what do I do here? You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the running backs are not there. Um, some of the receivers that I might that I might have gotten aren't there. And you kind of have to formulate your team around that. I mean, listen, your team last year, I think it was just poor injury luck that ended up happening. Why, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. No, that team, that team wasn't great because I was just so light on running back and I knew it when I was relying on Todd Gurley just kind of saved the day, you know. Yep. And well, I said I didn't want to do that. And then you traded with me for for Zeke. Yeah, King's fucking ransom. Um, Which didn't, I, will, I mean, didn't really work out for either of us, frankly. No, it didn't. I will say this, though, with Kelsey. And I, I think I said this with, with Tyreek Hill as well, where with Hill, you're choosing between the number one wide receiver and the sixth or seventh running back, maybe. With Kelsey, you're choosing between the number one tight end and I'm just going off of my big board here. Where do I have Kelsey ranked? I have Kelsey ranked at 17, which is in the range of RB 11 and RB 12. So you need to make a decision between someone like Travis Kelsey, who is my tight end one or a guy who's in the same range as him guy who I have ranked at 16 in Antonio Gibson. Would you rather have my RB 11 in Gibson, or would you rather have the number one tight end in Kelsey? That's the kind of decision you have to make. Or, or if you want to bring the receivers into the mix, now you're choosing between my wide receiver five and my wide receiver six, which is Allen Robinson and Deandre Hopkins. So going off of fantasy pros, uh, looking at the overall PPR ranks, Travis Kelsey's at 15, and he's in this tier three of players. So yep. here, I'm going to do a would you rather with all of these players because there, right. there, there are five other players besides Travis Kelsey here. Cool beans. Travis Kelsey or Calvin Ridley? Ooh. Ooh. Um, Jesus, that's tough. Yeah. <sighs> Gee, I, I think I would rather have, I think I'd rather have Ridley. 
See, the crazy thing is that they're both they they probably both will put up similar stat lines. <laughs> well, not similar, similar, but they're both giving you like wide receiver one upside. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to. Yeah, uh, I'd rather have Ridley though. I would rather have Ridley. That's close though. That's very close. The next one's easier for me. I'd rather. Okay, would you rather have Travis Kelsey or Aaron Jones? Oh, that's really tough too. Really, I'd rather have Kelsey over Jones. I think it's because of position scarcity that, you know, if you don't take Jones, you know, what's your other option? Like pick the guy after. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be there. I'd rather have Jones. Okay. I'd rather have Jones. I don't love it, but I would rather have Jones. Would you rather have Travis Kelsey or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb, not close. Yeah. Would you rather have Travis Kelsey or Justin Jefferson? Give me Kelsey. Would you rather have Travis Kelsey or DK Metcalf? Give me Kelsey. Okay, so you basically you'd have Kelsey at 16 here, which is where you have him on your big board. I have him at 17. Oh, 17. Okay. I have him at 17. Yeah. So the you, only guy the only guy that I have above him is on my overall on my overall big board is Gibson. Yeah, Fantasy Pros is not as high on Gibson as you are. No, I'm not surprised. But um, that's it. So basically, out of this tier, you'd have him at 16 because you'd rather have Ridley, Jones, and Chubb over Kelsey. Correct. Correct. Who are who are some of the other guys after? Like you said, it was in tier three. Give me some, give me like two or three of the guys in tier four. AJ Brown, uh, Michael Thomas, Darren Waller, Keenan Allen. Joe Mixon, George Kittle, Cam Akers, Patrick Mahomes, Antonio Gibson, at, all the way at 27. Uh, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Clyde, and Andre Allen Robinson than I am. I, I I would rather have Robinson over Kelsey. Yeah, they're, they're lower. Um, I'd rather have Kelsey over Akers, which is kind of crazy for me to say. I know. I'd rather have Keenan Allen. I'd rather have Michael Thomas. I'd rather have AJ Brown. That's interesting. I think I um, I would agree. With, I kind of would have would agree with that. Um, you know what? No, I take that back. I take that back. I'm taking Kelsey over Thomas and Allen. I would not take Kelsey over Brown. Really, I would take yeah. Kelsey over Brown. Well, you're not as I. I feel like I'm the only person that's still really high on AJ Brown, or as at least you know comfortable with AJ Brown. I don't I know why. Be higher on him because he did so well for me last year. But... I don't know what I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what I'm missing, but everybody that I hear is just so soured on AJ Brown. I, I don't get it. You know, I feel like if I'm going to get him in a lot of spots, I if we I, I know it. If we didn't know that he to- that he basically has a had a torn ACL last year, I think he would be going. I think people would be higher on him. I think it's just the fact that people. Oh. It's like a job interview where they're like, we we're looking for reasons to reject you. Well, Julio Jones is a big reason. That too. Julio Jones is a huge reason, but. Still, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Well, I mean, and I'm usually the guy to be like the the Debbie Downer on on the party with a lot of guys that people like, but everyone just is so sour on Brown. I don't, yeah, don't get listen, it. Don't listen to what we said about Clyde edwards helaire his rookie year. Don't listen to what we said about that pre-draft. Talk about being Debbie Downers. Oh well, that's true. We were right about that. Yes, we were. Yeah, Air Five. Air, Air five. five. Yeah. 
Yeah. Face and talk podcast and show one. Everybody else, no. But I think AJ Brown has a couple, you know, we talked about this before. AJ Brown has a couple of concerns. Oh, they're they're valid concerns with AJ Brown. But I mean, look at the guys that are in in that range, though. There's concerns with all those guys. It's true. You know, um, I'm just trying to think of some of the guys that you mentioned. Justin Jefferson, regression. Uh, DK Metcalf, what the hell is that offense going to look like? Uh, Michael Thomas, Drew, no Drew Brees. What's the quarterback play going to be? What the hell uh, is that offense going to look like? <laughs> what's the offense going to look like? Yeah. Keenan Allen, you know, does Justin Herbert regress in year two? So I mean, it's kind of like you get to that point where, you know, you're losing out. You're losing the guys that have zero concerns, and you're just trying to take the one that has the, the, the least concerns. Yeah, I mean, probably the guy with the least amount of concerns there, honestly, is probably Kelsey. Yes, because, I mean, unless something unfortunate happens to Kelsey, knock on wood, you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. But he he also, knock on wood, is a guy that has had no injury red flags before. Yeah. Dude, the dude is a specimen. Hold on. Uh, 2013. What what was he doing in 2013? He was a rookie, I assume. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie. Yeah, he was a rookie. That was his rookie year. But he didn't do anything. He literally didn't do anything. No. One game. Who was, was that? No, that couldn't have been. uh... No, it was too late for Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, it was way too late for Tony Gonzalez. Who was the tight end? for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2013. It's probably some scrub. More than likely. It was. I'm just ready to eat my words and be like, it's like some incredible guy that, that we completely if it is forgot to, If about. it is Tony Gonzalez, we need to be uh, That's impossible. Podcast. That's impossible. Tony Gonzalez yeah. was with the Falcons in 2012. Right. When they made it to the NFC Championship game. Okay. All right. You want you want to know who it was? Who was it? You, you've heard of him. You've absolutely heard of him. Wasn't was it Logan Paulson? It was not Logan Paulson. If it was Logan Paulson, you'd know it. Yeah, it's true. Your reaction would be a lot different. Absolutely. Who was it? Oh God. You've heard of him. You've heard of him. You don't remember that he played for the Chiefs, but you've heard of him. Why do I keep thinking it's Jared Cook? Jared Cook not never Jared played. Cook. Jared Cook never played for the Chiefs. Yes, it's not Jared Cook. Hmm. I have no idea. Anthony Fasano. Oh my God. Anthony Fasano was. The I knew team. it was, was a tight end one for the Chiefs fuck, in 2013. Fuck the Dolphins. Fuck the Dolphins. First of fuck all, fuck the Dolphins. But also, Anthony Fasano is the guy who taught Travis Kelsey how to be Travis Kelsey. Correct. Correct. Although he, I mean, he was good in Cincinnati at Cincinnati. We owe a lot to Anthony Fasano. God, I fucking hate the Dolphins, but I mean, Anthony Fasano. Anthony Fasano was, I forgot that he played for the Chiefs. Uh, me too, honestly. I'll be, I'll be very blunt. I mean, that was Andy Reid's first year too. Yeah. It was Andy Reid's first year. I'll be, I'll be very blunt in saying that I had no fucking any idea that Anthony Fasano played for the Chiefs. Any idea. 
was that the year that nobody that no receivers caught touchdowns? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I think no, I don't think no, it wasn't. I think that was the next year. Yeah, because that was that was uh, Jamal Charles' peak year. Yes, Jamal Charles rushed for tw- uh, twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Yep, I had him that year too. And he had seven receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I had him that year, and oh my god, Jamal Charles was something. All right. Maybe Numero that, due? Maybe it was. Well, who were the receivers? Was was that like was that like Donnie Avery? Yes, Donnie Avery was on this team. Oh my god. Dexter Sheesh. McCluster. Oh my god. Anthony Sherman, AJ Jenkins, Dwayne Bowe had Yeah, Dwayne Bowe before he just stole money from the Cleveland Browns. Dwayne Bowe had wait a minute. This is this seems wrong. Dwayne Bowe had zero yards in 2013. He probably hurt. He played 15 games. Oh, then that that has to be wrong. That's got to be a misprint. That has to be. That has to be. If that, if if Unless that's it's true, just rushing yards. No, it says rushing and receiving. What year? 2013. Oh, here we go. No, no, it's a mis. My bad. Yeah, he... it's a misprint because 2013. It says on um, Pro Football Reference. He had 57 catches for 673 yards and five touchdowns. My bad. It was 2014, I think, was the year that no. Yes. 2014 was the year because he had on 95 targets, 60 catches for 754 yards and no touchdowns. Well, another receiver is caught touchdowns. We'll be more specific. Yes. You know, Jamal Charles caught five. Travis Kelsey caught five. Anthony Fasano caught four. Joe McKnight, may he rest in peace, caught two. Niall Davis caught one. Anthony Sherman caught one. Interesting. Interesting, because I have – oh, you're talking about receiving. Oh, I see. Anthony Fasano had four touchdowns that year. Travis Kelsey had five. And if you want the rushing touchdowns that year, Jamal Charles had nine. Niall Davis had six. Alex Smith had one. DeAnthony Thomas had one. Cyrus Gray had one. There were 36 touchdowns scored all year by the Kansas City Chiefs in 2014. And they somehow had a winning record. Some way, somehow, magically. Anyway. All right, we'll move on to uh, tight end number two, finally. <laughs> finally. It's Darren Waller. Is this the Again. controversy? No, there's no controversy here. Uh, Waller's going to be great. Another hundred catch guy. I think he he will be in the same conversation. I think for yards as uh, Travis Kelsey. I think you can reasonably expect him to be a twelve hundred yard tight end very easily. Get you seven eight touchdowns. Be his very bare minimum. And for me, he is he's far and away tight end number two because he does not carry the same concerns as George Kittle, who is my tight end three. With Kittle. He just has the injury bug. And that for me is the biggest concern that I have is that you're going to be taking a guy who was a tight end in the third round who has massive, massive injury red flags. And I mean, let's just face it Are as you well. Move on to George Kittle already? 
I just I, I swiftly made the transition. I'm I I'm comparing the two. Okay. I'm using. I was about I'm using, to say. I'm like that's George Kittle. That's not yeah, Darren Waller. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I'm using the two to make a comparison because they're, they're they're very similar to one another. With Kittle, he's never had more than five touchdowns in a season. We we we've talked about this in the past that he has not had more than five touchdowns in a singular season. Not to mention he's missed ten games over the past two seasons. That is a major problem for a guy that you're going to be drafting in the third round. If you think that Kittle's going to be the guy. If you think that San Fran is just going to have this magical new offense with Trey Lads and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo helps him out, I think Jimmy or George Kittle is better with Jimmy Garoppolo than he is with Trey Lads. Personally, I and I think when the transition does eventually happen, I don't know how good Kittle is going to be, and that's the problem that I have with with Kittle, which is why Waller's my t- my tight end too. And Kittle's my my tight end three, getting very closer to tight end four than he is getting closer to tight end two. Well, yeah, I mean you're right because you're in a situation where you saw last year. I mean, not only was George Kittle injured, but I feel like you know he's not good without Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. And he he like he was he was really good. You know, when Nick Mullins was starting in 2017, you know, before Jimmy Garoppolo uh, really learned the playbook and even before they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think that Jimmy Garoppolo really vaulted George Kittle into this sort of status as being a top three tight end. But it's just riding off of past success. You're dra- I mean, this would be drafting a guy is at a ceiling at this point if you're drafting George Kittle really high. I mean, his ceiling really is tight end one. He can be. He can be. Will he be? Travis Kelsey no. gets into a car accident. Knock on Knock wood. Knock on wood. Knock on yeah, wood. God forbid. But no, I, mean, I think I think performance, George Kittle can be tight end one. Because we we saw it in 2018. 2018, George Kittle was terrific. He was a near 1400 yard tight end, granted. Five touchdowns completely screwed him, but you know if he could set if he could set a career high in touchdowns, say he gets his say if he can get seven eight touchdowns and get back to being a I'm not even going to say thirteen hundred yard tight end. Let's just say he gets you eleven twelve hundred yards. You know he's in the conversation to be in that tight end one mix. It won't be good enough according to my projections to be Kelsey, but would he be close to Waller? Yeah, yeah, he would be. I mean, he his best season was that 2018 season where he had 1,300 yards and yep. five touchdowns. Yep, that's his career year. That's his yep. career year, and he's gone downhill since. Yeah, and I mean, the, the touchdowns, like, I feel like in 2019, we probably would have expected, if we had done the show in 2019, right before the 2019 season, we probably would have expected George Kittle to have a bit of positive touchdown regression because having 1300 yards and only five touchdowns seems kind of, you know, unbalanced, but I mean, it, crazy. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. only like, yeah. With the amount of yardage and having only five touchdowns, it just seems weird. No, it is. It but is. it's champ. But basically the only thing like the touchdowns stayed the same in 2019, but the yardage went down. And then last year he was injured. 
So I don't know with with George Kittle. And I think that I'm not going to, I mean, I would, I'm not crazy about him. I'd probably stay away from George Kittle. I'm not crazy about him either. I'm not crazy about him either. The later you can get him, the better. But even then, you know, if, if you said to me round five, would you take Kittle? Mm. I know people, I know people are saying, you know, oh, you're saying this, but if you were in a live draft, you probably would do it. Yeah, probably. Probably right. Because, you know, value is value. Do you want to go back to the uh, fantasy pros overall rankings to see, because George Kittle is the 24th ranked player. Give me some names. Give me some names. Let's go. Or Joe Mixon. Mixon. George Kittle or Cam Akers. Akers. Here's one that's kind of interesting. George Kittle or Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. George Kittle or Antonio Gibson. Gibson. George Kittle or Allen Robinson. Robinson. George Kittle or Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. George Kittle or Clyde. Clyde. George Close, Kittle. Closer though. Getting closer. George Kittle or DeAndre Swift. Swift. George Kittle or Amari Cooper. Cooper. George Kittle or Chris Goblin. Oh, wow. Two guys with the same problem. Mm-hmm. With the same problem. I'll go Kittle. Okay. I'll go Kittle there. I'm pretty sure this is the first guy you said you'd rather have Kittle over. Yes, it is. And we are down to 33. Yeah. Yeah, my big my big board, I have Kittle at 42. Okay. So we're kind of we're kind of getting to that. I mean, if I pull up, if I pull up my board, I'll give you guys that I have Kittle around. So on my board, I have Kittle around Josh Allen, Chris Carson, DJ Moore. Najee Harris, Mike Evans, Godwin, Deontay Johnson. Those are kind of guys that are in the, in the neighborhood of, of Kittle. I, I'm, I'm just lower on Kittle than, than a lot of people are. So I think if anybody listens, listens to this podcast looking for, you know, something nice for me to say about uh, Kittle, yeah, this is not, this is not the place. <laughs> Fair point. Um. The next, you want to go move on to the next tight end here? Yeah, yeah we were on uh, tight end four, TJ Hawkinson. That's correct. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hackysack. Yes, TJ, TJ Hackysack. Um, I think that this is a good spot for him. I think he's definitely vaulted himself ahead of Mark Andrews just because Mark Andrews was very inconsistent last year. And I guess we can, do, we can do this two at a time because TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews they're the quote unquote best of the rest. Um, yeah, yeah. This is where, you know, the, the, the decline starts for, for the tight ends with, I'll start with Hawkinson. I mean, he really is just the number one guy for this Detroit Lions offense, isn't he? That he's going to be the guy that really is responsible for being the, uh, the boatload of the receptions for, uh, for, for Detroit. And, you know, if Jared Goff is going to be any, have any chance of being successful, I think it really is going to rely on TJ Hawkinson. And, you know, I, me personally, I just think out of necessity, just, you know, the void that there is in this offense, 
I, I truly think Hawkinson is going to be a 75, 80 catch tight end. And, you know, you, who knows with Kittle, who knows with his injury record, but you could see Hawkinson. There is a pathway for him to become a top three tight end for fantasy this year. I, I absolutely see it. And with Mark Andrews, very, very, very simple for me. A- Andrews is the number one read for Lamar Jackson. He's someone that, that Lamar really, really trusts, especially in high leverage spots on third down, red zone opportunities. Mark Andrews is that guy. Do I think he'll be at the level of Hawkinson? No, I don't. I think I think Hawkinson is going to be better than Andrews, but I still think Andrews is going to be a very, very, very steady play to the tune. He'll probably have him in the range of 70 receptions and about eight, nine touchdowns. I think Andrews is going to be very, very good. And I think he's actually the guy that you'll be able to get out of these top five tight ends. That'll be at a place where you'll be able, you'll be able to say, okay, I'm okay with taking Andrews. Maybe you get him in around round five, round six. And that would be somewhere where I would say, okay, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, actually it's, it's very true because I, Mark Andrews, if you look at his stat line, you know, I don't know if he'll ever get back to his 10 touchdown year in, in 2019, but it was pretty solid last year. He only played 14, he played 14 games. He had 700 uh, receiving yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, if that's his average, if that's an average season for Mark Andrews, then I'm down with that. I'd be down with that. Yeah. And, and there is, there's also more competition now in, in Baltimore where you have Rashad Bateman there, you know, you have, Hollywood is back. Uh, J.K. Dobbins still there. Gus Edwards. So there, there are there are plenty of options for Lamar Jackson. But I just think the most consistent option that Lamar is going to have is going to number eighty nine and going to Mark Andrews. So that's why I think he's comfortably a top five tight end. And now we get to where the drop off starts, and you know, really, it just comes down to personal preference more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. All right, so your number six tight end is George. Uh, no offense, I was about to say George Fant because I'm a Jets fan. Because say uh, you are a Jets fan, it's, you just let you just let your color show. I just you know it's just muscle memory. Uh, it's no offense. Yeah, yeah, and and listen, I'm bi- I'm big fan, big fan. I think that he he's one of those guys that again. He really depends on the quarterback. If it's Drew Locke and Drew Locke is the starter, then I think Noah Fant is going to be great because Drew Locke, his first read is Noah Fant. But if it's Teddy Bridgewater, then there could be, you know, a little bit of trouble in paradise because Teddy Bridgewater does like to rely on his outside receivers. And they have two very good ones in Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then of course you have uh, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, there are plenty of other guys for Denver. That offense is a quarterback away from being truly a, a really good offense. They just have to find that quarterback. And if it is Locke, Locke relied on Fant. He relies on Fant. Problem is the touchdowns. It's the same problem with Kittle, where Kittle has had a career high of five touchdowns. No Fant, his first two years in the league, had three touchdowns, respectively. So you're going to need to see a little bit of an uptick in those touchdowns if Noah Fant is really going to be a consistent tight end option. I like him because in PPR, which is what my rankings are based off of, he is a steady option for receptions. So if he, he, I have him down for about 62 receptions, somewhere in that neighborhood. 
uh, for in the range of about 650 to 700 yards. And this is what I'm talking about. This is where the drop-off really begins for the tight ends. And you're kind of hoping that you, you, you hit on one. And for me, uh, Noah Fant is my number six tight end. But these guys, the next three are all very clustered together because I think they're generally pretty similar with the exception of one. Yes. So it's, it's Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard at seven, and then Kyle Pitts at eight. I wonder which one is the one that's different than all the other ones. Yeah, it's Kyle Pitts. And that's, that's the one that I think a lot of people are going to shake their heads and, and scratch their heads over is why Kyle Pitts at eight. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. We need to understand that he's going to have growing pains. This is not college where he's going to be able to just manhandle everybody. This is the National Football League. He's going to have to learn. He's going to have to develop. And it's much the same thing with – I don't want to say it is the same thing because it's not, but it's very similar to the hype that Clyde got last year where Clyde is walking into a great situation and people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, Clyde's going to be a star. He was a rookie. Same thing now with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, yes, he's in a great situation in Atlanta. That team might not be very good. That team might be throwing the ball a lot, which means Kyle Pitts is probably going to get the ball a lot. Absolutely. I see it. I really do. But he's a rookie. We need to manage our expectations when we're looking at this kid. And I know he's a unicorn. I know he does so many different things. You can line him up in so many different areas. I understand that. But with Kyle Pitts, I just preach and I urge caution when drafting him so high. Right now, he's going as the number four tight end off of boards. He's going higher than Hawkinson and Andrews. That is ludicrous. You're just setting yourself up to get burned at that point. Absolutely. And Adam, you said it before with, I believe it was with Kittle. This is a great example of drafting someone at his ceiling. Because there is no way, in, in, in my opinion, and I will eat crow, if I'm wrong, but for me, there is no way that I think a 20 year old rookie in his first year is going to end up as a top three tight end. There's just, there's just no way, let alone top four. No way. A 20 year old rookie in his first year with another tight end with in the same offense. Correct. Correct. There's just, I, I don't see it personally. I, I don't see it. And, with, her, and I didn't even talk about Dallas Goddard. I've just yeah. I, I've skipped completely over Dallas Goddard. Hayden Hurst fans are like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> and and I love I love Hayden Hurst. I, I will I will go to my grave saying I, I absolutely love Hayden Hurst. With with Goddard, he's gonna be a low touchdown guy. You know, I think he's kind of in the same boat as uh, as Noah Fant. You know, he'll be he'll get you your four or five touchdowns. He'll get you 65, 70 catches. And he'll be fine with Pitts. I think he'll be he'll be a sixty catch guy. I think I think the the yardage will be there. He may have more touchdowns than both Goddard and Fant. But for me, I'm just not drafting him highly. Adam, would you mind pulling up on Fantasy Pros where Kyle Pitts is and just giving me would you rather's from there? Just we'll because I, I'm curious. Or okay. you know what? Even better, even better. I'll tell you exactly where I have Pitts ranked on my ranks i have oh pits hold on well okay you tell you tell me and i'll tell and i'll go for it go for it i have pits at 70 okay 
Fantasy Pros has Pitts at 63. All right, so we're in the same ballpark there. All right, that's not, that's not too terrible. So here are some would-you-rathers. Okay. Would you rather have Travis Etienne or Kyle Pitts? Wow. That's a hard one right off, right off the bat. Yep. I'll take Pitts. I'll take the chance on Pitts. Would you rather have Juju Smith-Schuster or Kyle Pitts? Juju. Would you rather have Kyle Pitts or Odo Beckham? Odell. Kyle Pitts or Cortland Sutton? Sutton. Kyle Pitts or Chase Edmonds? Oof. Pitts. I'll take the chance on Pitts. Kyle Pitts or DJ Chark? Chark. Kyle Pitts or Russell Wilson? Oh. Wow, that's hard. That's really hard. I'll go Pitts. Interesting. I'll go Pitts. I think you just get better value with uh, with quarterbacks later on. I'll go Pitts. Okay. Would you rather have Kyle Pitts or Chase Claypool? Uh, Claypool. And then the last one, Kyle Pitts or Robbie Anderson? Pitts. Okay. So that's basically from 61 to 70. And Kyle Pitts is, is 63. So, yeah. I mean, if that's where you're drafting Kyle Pitts, I mean, you can wait for, you know, Fantasy Pros has Kyle Pitts or like higher than you. He They have Kyle Pitts at six. Yeah. And yeah, they're so, higher than him. I, I mean, a lot of people are higher on Pitts than I am. I mean, you can definitely wait for Dallas Goddard, who is ranked as the 74th. Overall player, no Fant is at 76. Um, Logan Thomas at 85, which I assume we'll talk about probably at the end of the show. So, oh my dear God. Kyle Pitts is being drafted 47th overall right now. On NFC? On NFC. Oh, wow. Yep. It's going Kelsey at Wow. Kelsey's being drafted at seven right now. Wow. Kelsey at seven. Waller at 24. George Kittle at 32. Kyle Pitts at 47. These are these are drafts that have been done in the last, oh, just over the weekend. We have some breaking non-football related news on the podcast. Oh. Nate McMillan has signed a new deal to be the Atlanta Hawks head coach. Deserved. Very deserved. Four years, according to Woj. Very, very, very deserved. Yep. Love to see it. All right. So, uh, nine and ten are very much bird picks. Of course they are. Uh, nine and ten are Tyler Higby and Irv Smith Jr., I went with my bold prediction. I said Tyler Higby is going to be a top five tight end. Yeah. It honestly, it was very tough to rank him below these three. I almost, I almost did put him at six. That's interesting. I mean, I, I agree with you because I think that, you know, Tyler Higby, Matt Stafford can do for Tyler Higby what he did for TJ Hawkinson. I think so. I think so. And I think there is going to be now 
less competition at the at his own position. Gerald Everett is gone, and but I think what's the guy's name? Bryson Hopkins. I think it's yeah. the other tight end that we've talked about a thousand times in the show for no specific reason, other than he's the number two tight end to Tyler Higby. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean, know where there, he is there, anymore. There is, there is literally no competition for Tyler Higby. None. He's as safe as they come. Oh, by the way, the tight end nice now on Fantasy Pros is Richard Rodgers. No relation. No relation at all, but just letting everyone know because that is uh, very, very important news that we uh, we have to have to report here. That yep. tight end, tight end nice is now uh, Richard Rodgers. The highest tight end that Fantasy Pros has after Higby is... It's Bryson Hopkins at 56. And then it is, I feel like there was one more that I saw. Johnny Munt at 86. Sure. Sure. Sure, that's a that's a person. That's a, that's a, that's a human being. That's an actual sure. NFL player. Sure. Sure it is. But yeah, Higby. Higby, I think, is is very, very sneaky that he you can rely on him to be a 65 catch tight end, and he will not cost you a lot. He will not cost you a ton. Now, with Irv Smith, everyone knows that is my absolute crush. Your golden boy. That is literally my hopes and dreams. Just ride with Irv Smith. I'll be drafting him in a ton of spots. This is a guy that I have down for 60 catches and 600 yards and seven touchdowns. I think he's got a, he's got breakout written all over him. With Kyle Rudolph now out of the picture, gone forever, out of Minnesota. There's a lot to go around now. There are 37 targets that are available. I would expect those 37 targets are probably going to go, the majority are probably going to go to Irv Smith. So if Irv Smith can continue to build on what he had been doing last year, which, I mean, let's face it, there were real flashes that Irv Smith had where people were really, really hot on Irv Smith, five touchdowns last year, really did was a late bloomer for him, but 13 games, had some injury issues. You give Irv Smith those 37 targets that are left, and you really bump his number from 43, say you bump it, maybe you bump it to 27 targets and you sprout the 10 elsewhere. So maybe you you give him 70 targets and say he reels in 55, 60 of those. I think that's great. Yeah, great. I, I think Irv Smith is he's he's bound to have a really really good year. So, give me all of Irv Smith, baby. Give me all of that. All I of think that. Irv Smith with the thirty-seven targets argument. I think a lot of that. I think a good portion of those aren't necessarily going to go to Irv Smith. They might end up going to Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You can make that argument. But I just think that they're going to want to keep that in house because they they view or they they like Irv Smith. No, of course they do. I, I listen. I'm not saying that they're going to not throw to the tight end. I'm just saying that those targets that are left that void left by Kyle Rudolph, they're not going to be like okay, now we're going to keep all the same plays and you know we're going to just involve Irv Smith the same. I think they might want to use 
Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson more now that they only have the one tight end. I see that argument for Jefferson. I don't really see it for Thielen because I think if you, if you try and do too much with Thielen, I mean, he's, he's getting older, you know, do you really want to put Thielen in, in a position where he can get hurt? And we do know Adam Thielen does have a, an injury past. So do you want to potentially get involved with that? Is my question. Older. Adam Thielen's only 30. Yeah. He's getting older. Okay. He's getting older. I mean, I don't think I don't think Adam Thielen, you know, people are are, are crazy about an Adam Thielen regression coming up coming off of last year. I mean, Adam Thielen really, if you if you if you're looking at Adam Thielen's numbers from last year, 74 catches, but 14 touchdowns. That's a bit of a that number is coming down. Yes. That number is absolutely coming down. His career high before last year, I believe, was nine. It, it was nine in 2018. Yeah. That was the year that I had him. Yeah. So we both have, we both have had very good seasons with Adam Thielen. Air five. Air five. Adam Thielen. Lot, that season was fun because you were like, there's no way he's going to be good after 2017. And then we were doing all the, and then he just decided to be amazing. Well, he is an amazing man. That was a crazy season. He's an amazing man. I love him. But uh, yeah, with Irv Smith, I think, I still think he's going to be good. I don't know if I would have him in my top 10. Well, I would. I'll I'll draft him as as a top 10 tight end. I'm aware. I'll draft him before I draft Logan Thomas, who everybody loves. That's interesting. Logan Thomas is not in my top 15. Not in your top 15? No. Brian Fitzpatrick loves tight ends. He is not my top 15. Come on. I just think there's more in that offense that is going to just kind of X out Logan Thomas. Maybe I'll reassess things. Maybe I'll reassess things. Maybe I bring Logan Thomas up, but I haven't, I haven't 16 right now. Okay. Um, last, well, before we go into like superlatives, I do have one question. Yeah. It's about Dallas Goddard, who we kind of skimmed over a little yeah. bit. Hit me, baby, one more time. It's it's the question that we've been asking all offseason. Free Britney. Go ahead. That's not a question. It's a statement. Free Britney. Go ahead. Um, a question that we've been asking all offseason that seems to have gone cold. There's no resolution. And we have no idea what's going to happen. I want this player to go to the Jets, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It's Zach Ertz. What the hell is going on with Zach Ertz? It's a million-dollar question that nobody has the answer to. Honestly, um, everything has gone quiet. It's the Eagles. The Eagles want their price. Teams are wanting their price. And no team has even come close to beating what the Eagles want. The Eagles want a mid-round pick. Teams are only offering a late-round pick. I think I think we'll see a bit more movement on Ertz as we get closer to training camps, though. I'm just curious because I I want to see the picks that the Jets have, and the Jets can't fucking trade like <laughs> a mid round pick for for a player like Zach Ertz. 
to help Zach Wilson? You would think so. The the Zach to Zach attack. The Zach attack. Just be the Zach attack. The runways, the runways truly would be closed with the Zach attack, the Zach connection. Well, I think you're using that wrong. It'd be well, really, really, the runways would be open. Thank you. The runways would, in fact, be open. Can you imagine? The runways would be closed because we'd be fucking terrible. The runways will be open. Open for points. I wish Spot Track was as good as Cap Friendly, where you could actually see a team's draft picks. You can, I think. I think you can. I can see how much money they're paying Tremaine Johnson, but I can't see. God damn it. $8 million of dead cap. That's horrific. Okay. So the future mid round picks for the Jets. I have it. Okay. Oh, here we go. So we have a, it's in like a side tab. So we have a, we have our fifth, sixth, and seventh. Yep. And Basically, we have two first-round picks next year, two second-round picks, and then one pick in each round. 2023, the same thing. Or no, 2023, we have one pick in each round. And then... You don't have your seventh. Right. We don't have our seventh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have your seventh. You traded it. Yep. But that's it. So I mean, they could they could give they can give up a fifth. You should you should you should contact uh, you should contact Joe Douglas. Hey, new JD. Hey, JD, come die. I yeah. I mean, I I'm curious to see where Zach will or uh, Zach Ertz ends up. Please God, send him to Indianapolis. Please God, send him to, to New Jersey. Send him to a place where there is a quarterback there that will help him. That will yeah. actually that if they oh my god, if they trade him to like Minnesota, I'll cry. Well, that would be rough. That would be really rough. I will cry. There will be a funeral on this podcast. Oh. Or Los Angeles. Oh, that'd be even worse. Well, which side of Los Angeles? The Rams. Okay. They traded the Chargers. That'd be great. You'd be amazing on the Chargers. Oh my God, Ertz, Ertz with Herbert and and Allen and Eckler. Oh my Lord, that'd be great. But yeah, the number one, the number one spot that I want him to go to is Indianapolis. That that's the spot. Still, number two, number two, Buffalo. Buffalo. Is, that's a that's a close second. I would hate that. I would hate that so much. It would hurt Diggs though. It would hurt Diggs, and there'd be a lot of uh, Stefan Diggs fans that would be uh, that would be distraught. I I would not be a fan. Don't blame you. Not many people would. I would. I would. I mean, the Jets have so much cap space; they can take on Zach Ertz's terrible contract. They can. They can. There's a lot of cap space there. But. Um... Moving on to superlatives, are there any players in your top 10 
that you think will not be in your top 10 by the end of the year? I thought you were, I thought you were going to say, are there any players in your top 10? Yes. I have 10 players in my top 10. <laughs> Come on. Uh, any guys in my top 10 that I don't think will be in my top 10 based on merit, based on injury. Um, you know what? Let's make it interesting based on both. Mm. Or either. Hmm. Uh, no offense. Okay, no offense due to performance? Uh, yes, because I think Drew Locke gets benched. Okay. And that hurts him. For me, I think it's probably... I Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Kyle Pitts. Ooh. All right, it would not shock me if it was Kyle Pitts because... Well, didn't you- who was the one that had the bold prediction on Kyle Pitts? Was it me or was it you? I think it was I think it was you. It was me. I said Kyle Pitts wouldn't be a top ten tight end, didn't I? Yeah. All right, Kyle Pitts. Change my answer. Change my answer. Pitts. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if it'll be Kyle Pitts. For the content. For the content. Pitts. Yeah, exactly. Um and then the last one. Which player outside the top 10, outside your top 10, would you put in your top 10? And who would you swap them for? Um, if you could tell me Aaron Rodgers is going to be there, uh, I'd put Tunyon in there over Irv Smith. Okay. If you could tell me Rodgers is going to be there. Okay. What about Mike Kosicki? Hmm. I mean, I, I I have him fifteen. It's okay. between him. It's between him and Logan Thomas for fifteen right now. Interesting. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of both. Okay. Personally. All right. Well, anyway, this was fun talking about tight ends like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then we uh, we come back on on Friday. We're doing our bus show. Yep. The bus show. Can't wait. We're very excited. We're going to ruin some people's days. Potentially. Probably. Definitely. Definitely. I hope not. We're going to ruin some days. People are going to be very upset at us. But that's okay. That's okay. Because remember, remember, Adam, people were upset with us last year when we were talking all that slander about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's true. And look who came out on top. It's us. We won the war. Correct. You know, for our viewers, listeners, whoever, please explain to them what a bus show is so they know what they're getting into next on Friday. So our Busta, B-U-S-T, show. Bus bus show. We are going to be going position by position and giving two or three guys that we think will not live up to their expected performances. So, for example, a guy that I could say is, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a bust. Why, why would you do that? You already started ruining people's days, Bird. See you guys on Friday. See you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of everything in the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella wherever you get your podcasts. 
For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Oh, Rocky, 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 Rocky,